Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, The Atlantic had a very interesting essay. The title is Permission Slip Culture is Hurting America. And it's an essay just about how so many of our jobs in America need to have a license or you have to pass some sort of a test to have some sort of a credential. And it talks about just sort of maybe how unneeded this is. And here's the best paragraph I read. In Louisiana, it takes $1,485 and roughly 2,190 days to become an interior designer. In Washington, it takes $319 and 373 days to become a cosmetologist. The District of Columbia requires $740 to become an auctioneer and a college degree to watch children for someone else. Having and watching your own children continues to be an unlicensed affair. <laughs> In Kansas, you have to cough up $200 to work as a funeral attendant. And Maine requires $235 and 1,095 days to become a travel guide. Want to move states? That could mean you have to relicense, as if, say, cutting hair is material different in Massachusetts than it is in New York. And Don, this article just goes on to talk about and think about, is it crazy that we require all of these licenses for all of these sorts of jobs throughout our country? What did you think about the article? I think that many professions have been successful in using legislation to protect their jobs and increase their pay by limiting the pool of available workers. And I believe that's called rent-seeking, and it is very successful, it seems. You and I are teachers. We both have teaching licenses. In fact, this year, I just paid $150 to the state of Michigan to make sure that I can still be a certified licensed teacher I guess on June 30th, if I hadn't paid my fee, then I would become unqualified to teach in our state. And yet the only difference between me being qualified and unqualified seems to be $150. Well, I was qualified in Michigan, but not qualified in California. Then I became qualified in California, but by the time I came back, I was no longer qualified in Michigan. And I have to become <laughs> re-qualified in Michigan. And there was a great talk at the time because there's so many teachers out of state coming into the district where I taught in Southern California. Everybody's hoping and praying for reciprocity. It wasn't happening because California wanted to get their pound of flesh. They wanted you to have to take classes at their Cal State schools and therefore give them some money. So it, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's seeking to extract their um, fee so that they can gain something, but also it's uh, limiting the labor pool for all these available jobs, which ultimately, really, now we need to change it because we don't have enough of anything. We don't have enough for electricians, carpenters, plumbers, probably hairdressers. I don't know. I don't have much hair, neither do you, but it's the <laughs> idea that these are limiting these jobs. Maybe we need nationwide reciprocity. I would like that. Then people could move to the areas where they could get the most efficient certification, and also move then to find the most uh, highly compensated job in the best area. You and I obviously benefit as we are inside the fence, I guess you could say, and therefore that's maybe what helps to keep our wages high. Are we hypocrites if we don't want to offer reciprocity or we don't want to let anybody in or... Is it good to let everybody in? Because I've always believed there would be, there are really good people out there that could make great teachers. They just don't have the credentials. They haven't taken the test. They don't have the college credits, but I think they would be really good for kids. 
should I be rooting for them to come and work alongside us? Or is there something special about the training that we've had that, that makes it that, no, you do need to jump through the hoops? No, we should be cheering for them because there's no data whatsoever that suggests that having a teaching certificate makes you a better teacher, nor does having student taught, nor does having a master's degree, which you and I have, doesn't necessarily, doesn't make us better teachers. There's no research that suggests that. It's just some people are good at it and some people aren't. And we should be cheering for those people and just let people teach. We need more teachers. We should just let people in. But again, we have these regulations and rules that are designed to get limit the labor pool and also increase the take for these state schools, which by the way, like Western, Eastern, Central are struggling and falling enrollment, lots partially because there's fewer people going through the education process. So we should be cheering for them. Although, Zach, we have to maintain the, uh, the straw house, which is our salary structure where we get paid more the more we teach, the more years we teach, because you and I are at the end of that. I used to have concerns. I don't have no concerns about that salary scale anymore. Well, I think that's what's interesting is those who are inside the fence or who have jumped through all the hoops or obtained the license or the credential, clearly you're a little bit weary of just letting everybody in because it sort of takes away maybe your quasi-monopoly that you have over it. But this kind of reminds me of a discussion we had a few months ago about government bureaucracy and laws and the idea that our government is very good at making laws, but we're terrible at taking away ineffective laws or laws that we no longer need. And I kind of think about it like we're very good at regulating people's jobs. I mean, I feel like every couple of years, the state of Michigan tax on some new course that, that, that new teachers have to take or some new training. I mean, you and I now spend seven, eight, nine, 10 hours a year watching various videos from computer malware to uh, seclusion and restraint. And they just keep adding on more things. And, you know, the, the lawmakers can all point and say, well, now we have trained teachers that can take care of the children. And you and I know, like, I don't know, a lot of this is kind of common sense. I think a lot of people can do this. I also think though a lot of people could be really good at cutting hair or doing makeup they don't necessarily need a license. Why can't they just be judged upon their clientele and if people are happy by that? Yeah, let's let the market decide. If you're a bad hairdresser with a dirty chair and dirty combs and you give people lice, then people aren't going to come back. Your Google reviews will be terrible. Word of mouth will spread. You won't be in the business long. And I'm sure this may insult some hairdressers who are, have gone through this rigorous process. I'm not saying they don't need to go through a process to get good at their craft. They should do that and get really good. I'm just saying they don't need a license. If you're good, you should be compensated as such. But you don't need to go through this rigorous certification process. Just get good by whatever means, by hook or crook. Einstein didn't have much training, did he, Zach? I don't think so. I'm not an expert like you on his life. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, though, because I've had people do work at my house, finish my basement, work on the outside, work on my roof. I'd say half of the people that have worked on my house have been licensed builders. And the other half are just like, no, I'm not. But here's the 50 homes that I've worked on, or all of my friends have recommended this person and they've ended up doing a really good job. And sometimes I've asked them like, hey, why aren't you a licensed builder? And they're like, eh, I don't need it. Or it ends up kind of bringing me some hassle in some areas that I don't want for my business. But I've always just thought, like, isn't that the ultimate, like, 
you know, find a builder based upon references. And if they're good, they're going to do a good job, whether or not they have the license. Yeah, but that's assuming you understand if they're good or not. You don't necessarily understand if they're good or have the knowledge, nor do your friends. How do you know if they do a good job on your deck when five years later it might fall down? There's a knowledge problem there. And you have a knowledge to evaluate a haircut pretty well. And if it's clean and it looks good and it feels good, and it was a comfortable process, you probably can evaluate a haircut very well. I have, and I, God love you, Zach. You're a good friend. I really like you a lot. I have little faith in your ability to evaluate a deck. Me too. So getting a deck builder based upon the recommendation of you or your neighbor who had a deck that looks cool, I'd have less faith in that. And I'm not saying I necessarily need a certification, but I need word from somebody that knows something. So I do have friends that know something. And if they told me this person was good, I'd be like, all right, they must be good. But there's other things I wouldn't take my neighbor's recommendation on. Try my HVAC guy. I don't know about that. (laughs) <laughs> no, we, we would call Chad Sweat and he would tell us exactly who we got to call and uh, who's going to take care of us and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I take his word at it, but I don't think it's necessarily that easy for everything. I think you want to see a medical, a medical doctor. Right. And, and you are right. There are probably certain professions where you do want to see a license or you do want to know somebody that's been properly trained. I would I would suspect that if some if you told somebody, hey, your kids are now going to go to a school where there are no licensed teachers, even if they're the greatest teachers in the world, I think immediately people are raising red flags, don't you think? Probably. Although we could make a charter school and sell it pretty good. Maybe we could get some fancy seats and stuff. And uh, I think you could finally get some people in there. I don't think people are evaluating teachers as much as you and I think they are. I think if you could get people into your charter school and you could, you know, shake them in the, you know, shake their hand and meet their kids and make everybody feel warm and positive and get in the classroom and get things going, I think you could easily win people's trust over. But I still think there would be a stigma of this is an unlicensed place. And I think a lot of people would have a hard time with that. In fact, that's the part about this article that I think is kind of interesting is on one hand, I agree with everything they're saying. We have too many licensings. We have too many credentials. It's too hard to get people into lots of different jobs in our society. But yet people really care about people's credentials uh, when they get to the job. They, they want to see a license. Americans, I think, are, are uncomfortable sometimes if people don't have the right like sticker on their on their piece of paper, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I guess you go to the restaurant and you want to know their grade. Do they have that A, B, or C in the window? But to tell you the truth, if I see it, I see it. I'm not looking for it. Do you ever ask when you go in the restaurant? No, never. So that's what I'm saying. Like, in, unless you're going out and looking for it. I mean, I remember having different people come here at our house to do an HVAC system or something like that. I never asked for their certification. They seem to know what they're doing. They seem to do a good job. Everything works. My friend worked for my friend named Zach. I'm good. Let's say in the middle, you just decided like, I'm going to ask HVAC guy, hey, are you licensed? And what if he said no? Would would that bring you pause? Because I think for a minute, it would at least bring me pause. Uh, and I'd have to like probably work through it. As you're saying, well, are they doing a good job? Or does it seem like they know what you're doing? Because I wouldn't even know how to judge if they're doing a good job. But uh, I do think a lot of Americans, that kind of stuff does matter. Yeah, it does, but I just don't think they ask for it that often. 
I mean, I guess you depend on your auto dealer to have certified mechanics. You look at that and you assume so. But if you go to a local garage and there's a guy turning wrenches, do you really ask? Is it how much of this is actually enforced? I guess is what I'm thinking. That's a great question. And and ultimately, again, is did the job get done? But I do think we're like a a double standard society. We we want to get rid of these regulations, but we want to see that there's regulations. And don't we kind of want it all? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I guess we want to know they're there. I don't think we actually necessarily need them. I, I guess I don't think about this that much. I, I guess I have an tr implicit trust that this will work out. But at the same time, I love a deal. I remember I bought a car in California and this guy was going to take it to a quote unquote Mexican mechanic. And I was like, I think everybody's Mexican around here except for me. But this guy worked for almost nothing and fixed it up and it passed the smog test. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he was certified, but I was kind of like, I'm getting a deal. So I was okay with it. Okay. I mean, that, that's fair. They, they, they said, you know, most Americans are okay with the idea of doctors, nurses, maybe operators of like heavy machinery needing some sort of a license. Are you good with that? Or do you think we've gotten to a point where maybe we've overregulated those kinds of fields? No, no, I, I think we're okay with doctors, although I'm not sure that... I wonder some about the mechanics of it. And so radiologists go to medical school. I understand that. And radiologists have to go through all that basic stuff. Do they really need the chemistry or could they just read scans? Could, do they, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. do they, I mean, I know like occasionally they inject a dye into somebody and then see how that dye comes out in the PET scan or whatever, but really they're reading scans. Can't they just do that? Could, could we lower the cost by just making that an easier job? And I know somebody that's a radiologist and is very accomplished and speaks worldwide and maybe be insulted, but at the same time, it's like, the, can we just lower the entry point to this, this job? And furthermore, let these people work from age 25 to 65 rather than having them start working at 35 because they had to go to medical school and everything. I mean, there's some things there where I feel like it's just a little bit overkill. Do the... Uh, do they do really need to go through all those rotations before we specialize? Maybe that's best. I don't know. When, when I lived in Egypt, the one thing I learned is that when the kids left high school, they went to college, but immediately they started medical school. They didn't need four years to then begin medical school, which I thought was sort of an interesting way to do it. And as you're saying, gets more people in the field. The article even talks about how the medical establishment, or at least the the sort of associations that represent doctors are constantly lobbying and fighting to sort of like beat back the number of things that nurse practitioners can do as nurse <laughs> well you know and this is a field that here are people that do essentially a lot of general health and they've really helped i think start to bring down healthcare costs or at least make it more accessible for people to get medical attention that's not between nine and five and I think they're doing quite a bit, but I think you can see doctors already saying, no, 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 we have to be able to do this. And you can already see this playing out now in another arena. Yeah, and I'm sure health insurance companies are fighting on the other side of that. Um, nurse practitioners, physician's assistants, they can do a lot of things. I mean, I've been to urgent care and the only person there with the most expert person there was a nurse practitioner who was eight years out of high school. I had them in class. They sewed up my finger, did a great job. It was great. But I was like, yeah, you're good at sewing up my finger. All you have to do, you have to know what you can do and know what's over your head and send them to the hospital. And so it's not like they have to be an expert in everything. It can just be your dream come true, Zach. Stitches are us. 
put a reasonable <laughs> price out there, a price tag, do you have them do stitches and just let them go. Why not? Well, you've always had the the uh, theme of more people should be allowed to go to Harvard and Yale because then we'd have smarter people, right? I've always thought, why don't we have more medical schools or why aren't we putting more people in medical schools? Because then we could increase the supply of doctors everywhere and maybe have more people competing on price and stuff like that. Of course, they would say, well, no, we can't train adequately that many people but I don't know. I, I think it's an access thing. And I really do think over the last 20 years, you've seen the rise of urgent cares everywhere. And it seems to be something that really works for everybody, right? I mean, it's really nice when you can go to a, get some medical attention at 9 p.m. and not have to take any time off of work and stuff like that. Or to go to emergency room, which raises costs for the hospital, um, be a really a waste of time to the doctor who needs to be seeing more serious cases. They don't need to be dealing with my finger. They could be dealing with the people with more complicated and, and problems and just send me to urgent care. Also, hospitals, urgent care is way cheaper than a hospital emergency room. So, yeah, it's it's I really think that we need to have more of those people and more more clear delineation between where you go what time like okay chest pains that's a hospital thing yeah cut finger that's urgent care thing and just let's 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 put the lines out so you know where to go and where to when to go there and then you can get more service faster and cheaper which will result in lower insurance prices for all of us ironically though they said that workers in 71 jobs, including barbering and beauty, actually have greater burdens than an entry-level medical technician in terms of getting a license. I thought that was interesting. I'm not surprised. I talked to uh, my wife's hairdresser one time. She was cutting her boy's hair, and she can't shave somebody. She knows how to, and she could do it, but you got to go to a barbershop to get a shave. You can't get a shave at a hair salon because really? that's a beautician. Oh, yeah, she cannot not do that. She lose her license. So she's, uh, I said, can I do a shave? I've always wanted a hot shave. And she was like, oh, no, no, you got to go to the barbershop. I'm not certified to do that. I know how to do it. And I learned how to do it because I was interested, but I can't, I can't do it for you. Hmm. It seemed to be that one of the problems with all of this is the idea of reciprocity, as you said, of people that get licensed in one state and now all of a sudden they can't work that career in another state or even people that, that, that get a job in a country can't necessarily move over to America or to another country and do that job because the licensing isn't trusted and doesn't work. And one of the problems that is pointed out is now all of a sudden you have people that can't move. And when people can't move, it kind of hurts your economy and you're not as dynamic. And all of a sudden you're having major shortages in one area and maybe uh, surpluses in another area because people can't move about. And I, I just thought that this is an issue that I do think Maybe long term, especially as population maybe continues to kind of level off and we need more people in certain areas, we really could be hurting ourselves, especially as we have more and more older people that need to be taken care of by probably licensed and unlicensed professionals. Well, and small colleges, especially regional ones, are closing. Hospitals, rural hospitals are closing, especially those with expensive and high litigation zones like surgery and OBYGN and delivering babies, they, 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 those are closing. So you need people to be able to go different places. And we have regions of the nation that are shrinking in population, like Michigan, like West Virginia. We have other regions that are growing really fast, but don't have nearly enough people to do the jobs. 
So yeah, I, I'm for nationwide reciprocity, and maybe some state will undercut them all, and it'll be Arizona or probably Florida saying like, we have the <laughs> easiest barbering classes in the world. Come down to the Orlando Barbering School. We graduate 55 barbers a day, and good for them. <laughs> they can get people in and out, low regulation, probably get a good, solid conservative education while they're down there. I mean, it, it all works. They said that there was a study that looked at 102 low-income occupations, and 88% of those occupations had, in at least one state, a place where you didn't need a license to do one of those jobs. And they were just sort of talking about sort of how arbitrary it really is, region by region, state by state. And some places really seem to put a lot of weight in a job and having a license and other ones just say, we don't care, do what you want. I, I guess maybe what we need is, you're right, some uh, conservative state, maybe Texas, to just say, we don't have any regulations or licenses for anything. And uh, maybe that could really become a jobs boom or something like that. Well, it only takes one. Like Yale Law School said they're going to not take part in the college rankings, which is just a... It's a fiasco there with the college rankings, the U.S. News and World Report. So Yale said we're out. They'd been number one for 20 years. They, they stopped participating. And since then, a bunch of other law schools have stopped participating. And some other business schools are stopping. I mean, this is something that's texturized how education is done forever. And now they're just dropping out. What if Texas and California and Florida say, hey, we're, we're out on licensing. I can't see California doing it. But Texas and Florida dropping <laughs> regulations saying like, hey, we're going to, anybody that's good at something, come on down here. Or we'll recognize anybody's certification from any state. So come on down and you can start here. And that might be the tipping point. And then they would see more people going to these ultimately high growth states. I'm not huge fans of all the politics there, but those places are places where people have income mobility and growth. Right. And at the same time, because you and I are behind the fence of at least education, are we still rooting for lots of credentials and licenses? Just not in education. But that actually has changed for us, Zach, because when you and I got our jobs 20 years ago, 18 years ago, it was it was really, really hard to get a teaching gig in Michigan. And it was really high compensated. And people stayed in the same place for 30, 40 years because it was so hard to get these gigs. And that's less the case now. There's less people applying. It's hard to find applicants, especially in some areas. And that's why they are doing everything they can to find new people. So I think that we need to worry less about this. We need to start fighting for more salary because pay us what we're worth, or at least as much as we can get. Now, recently, Governor Whitmer has brought back the idea of um, we're not a right to work state anymore you know, bolstering unions and stuff like that. And unions in their own way kind of have their own protective barriers around jobs and like stuff like that. Do you think that's a step back uh, for our state in terms of economically and its future? Well, the Supreme Court also made some rulings that doesn't bring us right back to where we were, but it does give a union slightly more power. Um, I don't think that does that much for the licensing thing. I think it just says, all right, well, now there could be a little more unions, but the days of the union, strong union of the 80s are gone. Fair enough. So then just a couple of questions. Is there a better way to do credentials, in your opinion? We, we obviously talked about the idea of, well, just like what's somebody's ability and show me what you've done and that's good enough for me. But is there like a better way to sort of figure out if somebody's actually qualified to do a job? 
I think we could have more apprenticeship programs. It would help a lot. And there would be um, and less, less certification fees at the state level. Like, do we really need to maintain a certificate or can we just say we finished this program and we're done? And once you're done, you're done. I don't know if continuing education needs to go on for plumbers. I'm sure they learn on the job. It'd be an interesting question for, well, my step-grandfather's dead now, but he was a carpenter for a long time. I wonder if he ever had to like go back for reschooling or reteaching or relearning. I, I don't know if they do that. You know, the only perspective I can have is uh, from your favorite Babylonian king, Hammurabi, who in Hammurabi's code, there were specific laws written. And it was basically like, if you say you're a builder and you build somebody's house and it comes crashing down on those people, you will be put to death. And if you were a surgeon and basically you said you could help somebody and you couldn't, uh, you might have a hand cut off. I'm not saying that we need to get that drastic or grisly about, about um, penalties, but I do think there was something interesting that people two or 3,000 years ago were trying to worry about kind of fraudsters that couldn't actually do a job that needed to get done, but they didn't have licensing yet. Well, there's something there that is interesting to think about, and that is that the results are not nearly, results don't specifically lead exactly to accountability. So I have a friend who's a surgeon, and he was talking about, I was talking to him about ratings for doctors that you find online. And uh, he said, well, it's real hard because if you're a doctor that takes the sketchiest cases, meaning the people that are in most danger, that are most likely to be unsuccessful surgeries because they already have massive health problems or whatever issues, then you're going to have low ratings because you're going to have poor outcomes, but you're helping the people that need it the most. And also you can't like feedback in a, in a, in a result. So if somebody writes in like my surgery didn't go well, well, yeah, you were carrying cinder blocks the next day. You're not supposed to carry any weight for four weeks. Of course the surgery failed, but you can't write that in because of HIPAA laws. Oh, that's more regulation. Do we need to get rid of that too? That's a good point. That's a really good argument, though, about, you're right, asking to look at somebody's success rates. I mean, you know, some of our best teachers get some of the most challenging students, and still the results are never always great. And those sorts of things do need to be taken into account in terms of somebody's job's performance. Yeah, but, I mean, you and I are evaluated on strict to our kids passing or not. And if it, it's not as strict as that sounds, but we are theoretically evaluated by how our students perform. And I teach a bunch of classes where I have students that have disabilities and whatnot. And I'm happy to teach those classes. I like working with those kids, but it certainly doesn't guarantee me the outcome had I taught only advanced level classes. Are you ever impressed when someone says, hey, I was getting some physical therapy on my knee or, hey, I just had to go have elbow surgery. But then besides, obviously, the fact that they went to a licensed physician or physical therapist, they also then drop in the, well, you know, this physical therapist works with the Red Wings or, you know, this, uh, you know, orthopedic, he works on the Lions. Does that extra credential, um, does that move your needle at all? Or is that just a, a humble brag there? Uh, no, I think it gives that person a feeling of somehow they're getting operated on the best. I don't know how they're comparing themselves to elite athletes. Um, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't seem like they like, okay, great. Well, maybe their specialty is 23 year old elite athletes 
that might not be the person for you. Maybe you need somebody that specializes on 60-year-olds because that's you. So I, I don't think that's very moving. When I had major ankle surgery, I it, we went to who was referred to us by um, actually a family member, my wife's family, good family friends with this guy. And I didn't do any research. I, I, he had people said good things. All right, great, I'll go with him. I, I, I and I was a fairly good athlete at that time and ran a few really fast marathons after it. But I just went with him because he was good and he was local and that was fine. I, I don't care if he works on the Red Wings. I, I don't care if he works on these other people. Oh, in fact, didn't Steve Eiserman they did a massive crazy knee surgery on him. I wouldn't want that one. The total realignment. I don't think he walks real well now. It just seems to get people fired up. Like, oh, the U.S. bobsled team doctor, you know, looked at me yesterday. And it's like, I don't know. And they probably look at a lot of people. Oh, they see a ton of people. And yeah, maybe that makes people feel better. I've heard that a lot now that you say that. And it doesn't bring me... Uh, wouldn't bring me much more feelings of security. I would just say like, okay, I, I guess I, maybe they don't really care about you because you're not, <laughs> you're not an elite athlete. Like, well, it's not like you're the quarterback of the Lions. We got to make sure that guy's good to throw 16 interceptions this year. I have to do two surgeries today. I have to do the Lions QB and you. And <laughs> whom am I going to put a little extra time into? We're scheduling you second. <laughs> you're the last surgery of the afternoon. And the doctor's hungry. <laughs> and tired. Those are big legs. Working on a lineman, grinding in there. He's so hard. He's like, yeah, I just want to call this one today. No, I think you just want somebody that specializes in what you do. My dad researched a lot when he got a new hip, and he found the guy that does like, he does like 30 hips a week. He cracks open hips like five days a week. And so, yeah, that's who you want, the guy that does it all the time. You just don't want the guy or the girl to be the one that never does it. Like, oh, I haven't done one of these in a while. Like, you don't want to hear that. Well, there's that guy down in Alabama, Dr. James Andrews, who who he's the guy that gets to do all the primo athletes. And he's always doing some weird procedure because all these guys have, you know, some weird stress fracture or break or tear. And you just think like, how do you get good at all of these things if you're doing like an interesting one every week, if that makes sense? Yeah, I imagine they just have good outcomes for one person, then it works for the other. But also those people have immense support structures. They're not driving to physical therapy twice a week. They're having a physical therapist come to them three times a day and probably having personal trainers working with them. I mean, these people have the best chance of success of all. Somebody in poverty with a hip injury at age 75 in a bad neighborhood, these are the people that probably have poor outcomes because they have such many, so many hurdles to overcome. That's a good point. Well, last question then is, I kind of like the little joke they put in in that paragraph I read at the beginning where they said, you still don't need to have a license to have children or to watch <laughs> your own children. And I was just sort of like making a list of like, what are some things in life that you don't need a license, but perhaps you should have a license? And I was just curious if you could come up with anything. Parenting. You got to have a dog license. Can't let your dogs run around the street. But I just let a 16-year-old boy in a car and send him off on his way. So good luck with that, rest of the world. I think he's good, but I don't know. He had to have a license, though. It's true. He did. He had to go lots of classes. A lot more classes than we did when we were 16. Do you think you should have a license in order to vote? 
Oh, no, we can't do that. We got to let everybody vote. Besides, it doesn't matter anymore. The uh, vin- the voting machines are controlled by the uh, Venezuelans anyway, right? <laughs> oh, wait. No, we can get sued, Zach. Never mind. No, no, no. It's just what I saw on Fox News. What about uh, be able to run for public office? You don't have to have a license to be president or, or work in Congress or even be the mayor of a town or something. Yeah, you got to meet certain standards. You got to be 35 to be president. You don't have to go to college, but you have to have can't have committed a felony. Like the, I like these basic requirements. Like you can certify these basic requirements and then we could just move from there. Yeah, I think it'd be okay. What about be able to, you got to have a license to go on social media. Would that solve any problems? Oh, that would, uh, but how would you certify who would be good? It would be so boring that nobody would ever go on social media. So no, I don't think that's right. No? Okay. I'm just trying no. to make things better. Trying to, Again, we'd have professionals, people that would know how to behave in a professional manner. You know, if you're in Florida and you're ex-military, you're automatically certified to be a teacher. There you go. There, that, that, maybe that's the sort of rule we need. What about uh, you need a license if you want to go gambling or play the lottery? <laughs> no, I don't think you need a license. I think it's it's just a bad decision. I would never make it. Um, and certainly just telling them that, uh, call this number if you have gambling problems. I don't think that helps either. I think that's just to show you're, you're just going to dive into that hole and suffer at whatever level you suffer. Um, I, I want to let people have liberty. What about you got to have a license to order fast food? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, just like, like make you aware of, of calories and sugar and, and portions. Don't double meat your sandwich at Subway. Um, I don't know. It just seems like maybe we could have a healthier society if we did that. I can see you standing in line at a restaurant and somebody stumbling over the order and you're yanking their license away like, you lost it. You're done. You got to know how to order to be here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was just sort of playing around and thinking it, it is kind of interesting what we have decided you need to have some sort of training for. And yet there are so many ways people can still hurt themselves uh, and and others, and you don't need a license to um, even get near those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, or hurt others too, especially for parents. There's a lot of parents that aren't doing a very good job, and kids that are really struggling, and uh, that's that's creating a lot of harm. And uh, we're we're not licensing that. That's yet. a really that's a really good point. You know, geez, you almost think like parents should have to have a license just to be able to watch their kid play sports nowadays. Oh, I kind of like that. You, you can throw them out. Let's put just shock collars on them when they misbehave. Just shock them. I'm sorry, Mr. McLaughlin. You have lost your license. You've been disbarred from coming to your kids' track meets. <laughs> I, hey, referees can toss people out. I've never seen it at a track meet, but uh, I've heard about it many other places. So maybe we need to have that. Just yank their chain. Interestingly enough, my daughter's soccer coach is going for his A license. And like soccer is like one of the few sports where like you need to have a license to be a coach and you can get like a basic C license, but then like you got to take like heavy coursework to get a B license to get an A license. I mean, you've got to really bear down for like a year long course. It's a ton of work and, and the things they ask you to be able to do like almost are out of this world is if you're going to be a general manager of a soccer club, it's kind of crazy when you think about that. Whereas most of their sports, just basically like can you yell a lot i mean that's it's kind of different 
I wonder if Ted Lasso has an A license. I don't think so. That's yeah, what they ask. Well, I thought it was an interesting article. I think anybody should read it. It, it definitely makes you wonder and think about the world that we've sort of created and, and live in with licenses. And sadly, I, I probably can't see a lot of this changing anytime soon. Oh, no, it's uh, there's there's too much to be lost if it uh, falls. Although I think I'm a little hopeful now that Florida and California will drop licensing requirements. That's true. That, that That's true. Although I find it interesting because uh, Governor DeSantis, maybe he would be the guy that would uh, strip licensing away. But in his fight with Disney, did you see this week where he is now threatening to like have toll roads that go into Disney World <laughs> and have more hotel taxes on them? Like, I thought he was like the state of business and like business friendly climate. And yet, like, he's now personally going after Mickey. He's very vengeful, power hungry, insecure. He'll be a great president. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Maybe we'll have less uh, licensing and you can finish out your career in California. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I've always thought that's a possibility. I'd go back. But I need another license. <laughs> Unless Governor DeSantis makes it, uh, you don't. Hmm. Well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you this week. I look forward to talking with you next week. Absolutely, Zach. Have a good one. Take care.